0: Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done.
1: Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Short, and this is Too Much To Say. Last week, we shared one of my favorite episodes, which is called Hungry is the New Skinny. And uh, this week, I wanted to share Panic at the Disco. Also, side note, I have so much fun doing these and naming these episodes. Um, But I listened back to this one when I was deciding which episodes I wanted to share with you guys while I take this little two-week break to focus on making my EP. And I was just like listening to this, and I was like, God, this is even more relevant now because... I posted on Twitter last week that I've been stuck in a vacuum of negativity over the past four months, and um, it's led to, you know, the removal of a lot of toxic people from my life, but also the removal of a lot of toxic habits and attitudes from myself, so I am not trying to blame other people for my problems, but everything plays a part in your you know state of mind. So listening back to this episode and seeing how I reacted to these situations happened after I recorded it is pretty crazy. So have a little bit more insight, but listening back also kind of helped me in a weird way because I was like listening to advice from myself and yeah, I don't know, man. It's like giving advice but not taking it, but I'm determined to start like this next chapter in my life very positively and just kind of look for something good and everything. But on the days that you can't, this is one of my favorite episodes. It's called panic attack at the disco. So this podcast is all about oversharing and all about what's going on in my week. And honestly, I've been very anxious this week and I feel like it's a good time to talk to you about anxiety, the things I've done to cope with my own, um, understanding a little bit about why your body does that to you (laughs) and why your brain does that to you and just sharing my experience. Now, everybody's experience with anxiety is completely different. It manifests in different ways. Sometimes people get migraines. I personally get like my stomach just hurts for like hours at a time, but it's different for everybody. So this is just my personal experience with it. Um, Hopefully you can see some of yourself in this and use some of my tips for calming the fuck down. To help you. <laughs> so I grew up in a house that prioritized religion over mental health. Um, and I, I definitely believe in the power of spirituality and prayer, but it's not a replacement for therapy. Like Jesus made therapy for a reason. <laughs> and, you know, he he made doctors who can help you with this, like for a reason, medicine, medicine, exists for a reason and not everybody needs to be medicated at all. But you know, for some people, that's something that they need and really improves their quality of life and completely discounting that and just saying that you need to pray it away. That's like not great. So when I had my first panic attack, I had no idea what was going on. Like I was like, do I have asthma? Like, why can't I breathe? And I was, I was in the car with my mom and we were getting in a fight about something on the way to school And I literally just like my heart started beating really fast and I just could not breathe. And I was trying to catch my breath. And I think that sometimes parents think that when a kid reacts that way, that they're looking for attention or they're being dramatic. But I legitimately like could not breathe. And that's something you're supposed to know how to do pretty easily. So when you can't breathe, it's really fucking scary. I've found that my anxiety is mostly triggered by feeling out of control of the things around me. And I'm not like a huge control freak. I mean, maybe some people in my life would disagree. I don't know. Maybe it's a self-awareness problem, but I'm okay with like going with the flow. But when people are making decisions that impact my life recklessly and they're you know, fucking up my life for me. I'm like, honey, I can do that myself. Like, please stop. And just feeling like a choice was taken away from you. I think that's what really sets me off. And that happened a lot when I was a kid. And I have a song off my EP Awake, where I talk about this recurring dream that I still have to this day, but I started having it when I was about six. And I would be in the back seat of a car, and somebody would be driving. Usually, it was one of my parents, and we'd be driving down a hill, and then all of a sudden, they would disappear, and nobody was driving the car, and they had just like gotten out and left me in the back seat while the car is moving, and I don't know how to drive. I can't get there from the back seat like my seatbelt won't unbuckle, and I'm literally just forced to go along for the ride, knowing that it's gonna crash. And It's so weird how our dreams can be so intuitive like that because I was six years old and that's like a really powerful metaphor. But I I shit you not, that's exactly like the dream I'd always had. And it took me a long time to understand that. But now I see it was me feeling like I was being put in a, in a really shitty and dangerous place because other people were making decisions around me and then just like kind of being like, oh, well, whatever. And not considering how it affected me. Um, that's definitely something I felt with my family. That's something I felt in relationships and it's really something I felt in friendships. So I had that one panic attack in high school and I would have, you know, a pit in my stomach, which is interesting because, you know, you know, a lot of cliches like that, like you know, my heart is racing or I have a pin in my stomach or whatever. And that's what they used to call it. But now we know after, you know, lots of studies and medical advancements and psychological advancements, like in the study of it, we know that that's anxiety and that that's a panic attack. And it's so sad because I always think about this, like when it comes to mental illness and, you know, developmental disorders and all of that, we, we didn't know, like people used to think that dyslexic kids were just stupid and they're not at all. It's literally something in their brain that they, they're not seeing the same letters we're seeing. And, you know, people used to just think that autistic kids were weird and they're not, it's like they're on this spectrum of, of development and there's just things in their brain that operate differently than mine. Um, and you know, people used to think that anxiety was just a, you know, if somebody was sick and they couldn't find a reason why they were sick, they would call it hysteria and specifically with women, but a lot of that's anxiety. And honestly, when they were diagnosing women with hysteria, it's when they were being completely controlled by their husbands in the 1800s, 1900s, sixties, I don't know. And, um, they were Feel, probably feeling out of control. So maybe I have a lot more in common with those women fainting on couches than I thought I did. But I find, you know. My personal experience with it is super physical, like you can have a mental response to anxiety, obviously, like mine is I feel like I got on a hamster wheel and I'm just going in circles around the same thing and and not solving anything and just thinking about this problem on a loop and just getting angrier or getting more stressed out or getting sadder and I just can't get off the hamster wheel and I'm not accomplishing anything. I'm not moving forward. I'm not going anywhere. I'm literally just stuck and I am out of breath and my heart is racing and I'm running. And I just, you know, I go to a place where I assume everybody hates me and everybody's like against me and everybody's going to leave me. And I don't normally have those thoughts. So as soon as they pop up, I know that like, I'm about to go to an anxious place because I'm not the kind of person who worries that much about what other people think of me like i've really overcome that and i kind of walk through life blissfully unaware that there's people who dislike me and that's definitely ignorant because there's always going to be people who dislike you and there's probably several people who dislike me um as seen in the comment section of itunes on the podcast so as soon as those thoughts pop up i'm like oh buddy but my physical signs are so overwhelming like that's really what makes it Awful for me is I just my stomach hurts so bad and I get like physically ill and I can't calm down. I literally feel like I just ran a marathon and all I'm doing is laying in bed staring at the ceiling. And it's just so weird like that your body does that to you. But the reason is when you're stressed out like that, your body triggers a fight, flight, or freeze response. And so that's what we do when we feel like we're in danger of something. Like it's super instinctual, it's super primitive, but you either run away from whatever's hurting you, you either fight whatever's hurting you or you freeze and you literally have no idea what to do and you just stop everything. And I think I've done all three of those things as a result of anxiety, but it's like, you know, my heart's racing and all of that. And, and it's because my body thinks I'm about to go fight for my life. Like there's a disconnect between my brain and my nervous system, like for sure, but another thing, like this is like kind of, kind of gross, but I feel like the, uh, I've talked to a lot of my friends about this and it's like, we don't, people don't normally talk about it, but okay, let's look at this through the lens of a gladiator, like somebody who is literally about to go fight for their life and you know, they will probably get physically ill right before they go because your body knows that if you have to go fight for your life, you can't like have to pee, you know? <laughs> so that's why if you're ever nervous and you feel like you have to do that, it's because your body's like, okay, let's get this out now so they can run faster and they're not thinking about it and like whatever. Um, and that's why like sometimes like little kids wet their pants when they're scared. Isn't that weird? Isn't that so weird? Um, just that you your body can literally have such a physical response to something that's in your head. So I just get sick and I hate it. And I just like, ugh. And it feels like sometimes it happens over something that's like relatively small, but it really triggers me. And I'm just like, why am I throwing up right now? You know, like, oh my God, calm down. But I, I find that my triggers are obviously feeling out of control, but even more specifically than that, being lied to and and knowing I'm being lied to, but not having the person tell me like, I just want to know, I just want to know the truth. I'm so that kind of person who's just like, please just shoot it to me straight. I would rather know what's going on, then feel like I'm on the outside of something I need to know and something that affects me. Like, it's just really, it's really upsetting. And I mean, being lied to sucks. And that's a big one for me. Definitely being betrayed and having a moment where you lose trust for somebody that you care about, that one really sucks. And that definitely will trigger a response. Uh, Life changes for sure. Like, you know, getting ready to move or questioning if you're in the right place or, you know, even releasing my album. Like I got really nervous about that, but even little things have set me off. Like, okay. So there was the one time this guy I was talking to and I don't even think I liked him that much. I just, he was smarter than whoever the fuck I'd been wasting my time with that I met on Tinder. This was like two years ago, two and a half years ago. And also he was Scottish And I don't know if there was just like a cultural difference in the way he communicated. I can't imagine Scotland's that much different than the United States. And he also had an accent, so it was very easy to just like get caught up in that. But he was really a weird, bizarre texter. And I'm not the kind of person who wants to talk to somebody 24-7. Like, I'm actually kind of like, leave me the fuck alone. But I would, you know, text him or try to make plans and he'd just be so weird about it. But I do feel like at the time he was into me, but I would make it. The biggest deal on the planet, like in my head, like I would seem super chill over texting in person, but like before we would make plans or I was waiting on him for something, I would just get so sick and I just lay in bed and have to stare up at the ceiling. And I'm like, why am I reacting this intensely to a guy that I really don't care about that much? And if it doesn't work out, like I'm going to be fine. I'm not in love with this person. And I was like, oh, it's because this is the first person I've gone on like actual dates with, like several dates with since my breakup. And I feel like if this person is rejecting me, it means I'm not worthy of love, which is really not his fault at all that I'm struggling with that. So it's really important to try to look back and, and trace why you're having this response because a lot of times it goes all the way back to childhood. Like childhood, we learned so many different things. We learn how to read, we learn how to ride a bike, but we're also learning how to love. And we're learning how to tell people that we disagree with them. And we're learning how to, you know, we're learning how to, how to do everything. And so the root of every problem is almost always in childhood because, you know, your first time feeling anger was then. So it just impacts you so much. And a lot of times we repress those memories and it's really hard to go back and dig in your brain and find out what it is. But That's always a really important thing to do. And that's why therapy is always like, okay, so tell me about your dad. You know, like you're talking about something completely different. And then you're like, oh my God, wait, that's like why I'm doing that. And that's important because you also need to separate like when you're putting too much pressure on somebody or you're being too angry with somebody when really it's just that you're really triggered and you're, I don't want to say necessarily projecting, but it's like you're putting those emotions on a situation that reminds you of that, but you're actually really upset about, you know, your parents or something that happened in your childhood. And I really believe in the power of intuition. I definitely, you know, my, my gut is, is usually right. My panic attack that I had last week, that was like (laughs) lasted for like seven days. I mean, I knew, I knew I was being lied to and I knew that in my gut, I literally figured it out. I texted this person and was like, Hey, um, you're not doing this thing that I think you're doing right now. Right. And they're like, no. And I was like, okay, so if that, if that situation arises, like, please don't do it. And they were like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah don't worry. And then they did it 20 minutes later. And I like knew it was happening. Like literally was laying in bed. I couldn't fall asleep till four thirty in the morning. And I was just sitting there like super sick and I woke up the next morning with my heart racing and like why I was just sleeping like what what the fuck but I just like knew and um, I had figured everything out and then I I called the person and was like hey um, so so what was up with last night and just got completely lied to and this was somebody that was really really important to me and I it just set off this panic attack that lasted for 7 days and i really needed to focus on the facts and and separate you know times i've been hurt before that reminded me of this situation and what i was being triggered by and what was actually this person's fault and to be honest like yeah, I, I was definitely triggered, but I don't, I did not have an unreasonable response to this. Also, I would like to say a little disclaimer, like w- this nebulous situation I'm talking about. My boyfriend did nothing. It had nothing to do with him. Um, he's great. Cause the first, like I texted my manager, I was like, Hey, I'm kind of having a weird day. Like I don't want to go into it, but like something happened. And he was like, it's not Sam. Right. And I was like, no, 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 no. I no, absolutely not. Like he's, he's amazing. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted to clear that up in case anybody was, you know, cause I get tweets after I do these episodes, and I know that, like, a lot of my really close fans that have followed me for a long time, like, when you hear me talking about something on this podcast, a lot of time you know that person's name because you've just figured it out or whatever. I mean, if you go back far enough, you'll find out who my ex-boyfriend was. So, you know, I just want to clear that up. But it really, really fucking sucked, and I just had to really find ways to cope with it. And I found those over the years. I've had several epiphanies over time that have led to, you know, me figuring it out. And so I'm going to read to you a couple journal entries of times that I had an epiphany that really helped me.
2: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com/iheart. That's lifelock.com/iheart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
1: So in December of 2018, so two years ago, I was, I had been seeing this guy and things were going so well and I really, we were friends for a really long time before anything happened and so it made things a lot harder when he ended things because it was a friendship ending too and this was actually my first time like being in anything close to a relationship since my breakup. So this was like right after Scottish guy. (laughs) And I was just like putting my entire self-worth on what this man thought of me. And this man can't even figure out what the fuck he wants from life. So how, how does his opinion matter? I mean, he lied to me about having a car. So that's how bad it was. I was literally putting my entire self-worth on someone like that. I mean, bless his heart, but seriously. And I, I had this book of fan letters that an uh, amazing fan named Allie Lamarca put together for me. And she had a bunch of fans like write down things and she put them all in one place. And I was literally just like crying and just doing so terribly. And I remember that book and I was like, I just need to remember that like there's people out there who like me. And um, There was someone who said in the book, I, I wish I could remember who it was. I could probably go find it, but whoever did this, thank you so much. And one of the girls wrote in the book and said, don't let anyone take you for granted. And I was like, oh my God, that's literally what I'm letting someone do. Like I'm giving this man all of my energy, all of my time. I would have dropped anything and just ran if he told me to like jump how high, like one of those situations. And he just didn't appreciate it. And I don't hold that against him. I mean, it literally just wasn't right. But at the time I was like this, it really clicked for me. I was like, this person is taking me for granted. So... In the, in the journal entry, I said, that really hit me. I let blank do that, and obviously many others. He should be lighting up the way I do when he texts me. He should realize that we had something really great. He shouldn't be afraid that people would know about us. He should want to show it off. I've made so many excuses for him, but the truth is he's not into me enough to change. He's insecure, closed off, indecisive, and honestly a little passionless. He's got it all in him, but it's not my job to teach him those things. I already had someone learn those lessons on me. There's someone out there who won't take me for granted. I've worked really hard to build this life for myself and learn who I am. I know that I'm kind and driven. I know this. I'm not going to let a man make me question that. And, you know, sometimes you just need to write it out and like, tell yourself that you're worth it. And that was, a, that was a really big epiphany for me. So thank you so much, Allie, for putting that together. Thank you so much to whoever said that. If you you're listening, please tweet me so I can like, actually, thank you. Thank you. But that was a big, that was a big one for me. And so I learned how to deal with anxiety and in, in different ways just because I had to. And the summer of 2019, I was going through something really rough and up until then anxiety was just like an emotional response for me to something that happened, but this like took over my life. Like, um, this situation was like probably one of the worst things that happened to me and I've never really talked about it. Um, like not even my friends know, but, um, I use your imagination. I'm sure you guys all know what I'm talking about. I just don't feel ready to like say it out loud, but something really, really bad happened. And, um, I had someone make a choice for me that I did not want. So that was a really tough time. And my body had such a physical response to that. Like, I mean, I was throwing up for weeks and not in an eating disorder way. Like, and I was literally sick and I would just have these, um, weird flashbacks And just tense up and I'd be driving and I'd black out for like five seconds to 10 seconds. And that's terrifying. And I, I couldn't do anything to control it. And I have this anxiety medication that I take as needed. And it's, it's this thing called a beta blocker. And this is not me like telling you to go do that at all. Like, this is just what I found that works for me. So, um, but it just slows your heart rate a little bit. And it's like something that they give public speakers who have stage right, Like it's, it's something that's really, it's a, it's not like a big anti-anxiety thing with a lot of, you know, side effects that I take every day. It's something I take as needed, like when I'm like really freaking out. But I was like, Oh my God, I, I took more in that month than I'd taken in like the two years I'd had the prescription for it. And it was just, it gave me so much more empathy because I saw how bad anxiety can be. And I saw, you know, how debilitating it was and how much it affected me, and how I could not pull myself out of bed. And it was just the weirdest feeling. And so now, like, when somebody's like, oh, I have an anxiety disorder, or I really struggle with that, or I take anti anxiety medication, I'm like, oh my God. Like, I know how terrible it can be. And I definitely feel like there were people around me in my life, specifically in high school, who were struggling with that. And I just was like, oh, you're not going to work, you're lazy. But really, like, they could not move and they were sick. So it's it's pretty, it's really bad. And so I hope that if you have somebody in your life like that and you haven't fully experienced anxiety, you're patient with them. And I know it's hard if you haven't felt it yourself, but, and I honestly, I hope you never do. I hope you never have to go through something like that. But it just felt like... um it felt like I was shivering 24 seven, like just like that kind of like cringe thing. But I was just like tensed up like that. Like it was like a perpetual cringe. It's so weird. And um, I think that, you know, like that's what I'm saying about when you're not in control of your own life and the person who took that away from you, they get to just go do their fucking thing and you're stuck there with the consequences. And like, they might just go to the gym the next morning and you're, like throwing up and you know ignoring every single phone call and email for a week and a half and uh this happened on my birthday in 2019 so that was a that was a not fun that was very not fun and thankfully I was already in therapy and I'd already really been working on a lot of stuff so I handled that trauma better than I've handled anything. I think like I didn't go back to any of my bad habits. I, I wasn't going out partying. I wasn't drinking. I literally was like doing yoga and journaling. And then I was able to throw myself into releasing the album. And I, you know, does anybody ever fully heal from their trauma? Probably not, but I definitely did a lot of work to get myself out of there. But my advice for dealing with anxiety and calming yourself the fuck down uh, is it's it all sounds so simple you know like like just breathe like that sounds like the stupidest advice but it's cliche for a reason like people say these things a lot for a reason people say be yourself for a reason it's because it's good advice you just have to figure out how to practice that in your own life and see what being yourself look, looks like and see what just breathing looks like for you. So yoga has been really great for me. Uh, Having had an eating disorder, yoga is really healthy for me because it's not like going to the gym and, you know, worrying about my body. It's just literally something that centers me mentally. It's something I can go to for an hour and put my phone in the other room and just check out and not think about anything else. And that's really an awesome thing. Now, yoga isn't for everybody, but I really like that. And that's been really great for me. And I prefer the kind of like, I don't like hot yoga. Cause I just like, it's just, <laughs> if I'm having a panic attack, I don't want something that's like physically difficult. I just want to like, you know, do the, the kind of more mental stuff that comes with yoga. But I really, and it's also, but it is cool to know, like my body can do more than just like, I don't, my body can do more than just look good. Like I don't need to fucking worry about that. Like if I don't feel like I look good, but I can do a headstand, that's really cool. You know, it's just nice to know that that can happen. So it's just really good in many different ways. So I love yoga. Journaling is great. Like when I get angry and upset, I know that I have the power to say something that could really hurt somebody. And even if they hurt me, that's not the right move. Fighting fire with fire has never put out a fire, (laughs) And I typically withdraw when I'm angry and kind of pull back and go either into myself or into my room or, you know, kind of isolate myself for a few days or a few hours. And that's frustrated people in the past. And I talked about that with my ex-boyfriend, like how I was upset that he had cheated on me, you know, and then... Wanted me to rush into making a decision because journaling is so great because you can write down everything you think. You don't have to filter it. You can say something really fucking mean if you want, like you really can. And then you figure out what it is that you actually mean and you actually need to say to the person that would actually help the situation. I told my little sister Chloe, who uh, is my sister's daughter, who my dad adopted after she passed away, so she's like my sister niece. I told her when I gave her a journal, I was like, I know you're 11 years old, but like, if you literally just need to write an entire page that says fuck to get it out because you're angry at the world, which you have every right to be. I'm like, you can do that. And she was like, oh, really? I was like, yeah, dude, like literally write anything you want. And uh, you that's great advice for adults, too. Like you don't have to you don't have to filter the thoughts that go in your journal. And that's why they're private. That's why you should never read anybody's journal. But. Turning my phone off is also, like, the best thing. Like, I'll text the people that I know would be trying to reach out to me and be like, hey, I'm turning my phone off for self-care reasons. Um, If you need something, like, send me an email or, I don't know, like, text my roommate or whatever. But, like, sometimes you just have to do that. And it's so crazy that we're reachable at all times now. And people expect you to respond to a text within five minutes. But, like, just remember, like, that was never a thing until, like, literally less than 10 years ago. Like it was not expected that you were that accessible. So if you need to turn off your phone for three hours to make sure that you don't explode, that's fine. Like that is completely fine. You really like, you'll be okay. They'll be okay. Just do what you gotta do. I really like going outside and going for a walk and just, this sounds so cheesy, but looking up at the sky is really helpful for me because it's just it's always so pretty even when it's like rainy and cloudy like the sky's always really gorgeous no matter what and it always blows my mind that we are on a rock hurtling through space at a very very fast rate and we're all just trying to figure out why we're here you know and it sort of brings me to a existential place in a good way where I'm like okay like my problems are really small and I'm here in this world to Put love in it and to find love and to make things better. That's why everybody's here. And it's our, our job to do that. So, having that little moment of perspective where you just go outside, walk outside in your front yard and just like look up at the sky, like that can really be centering. Also, reading is great. Like, I have a hard time with TV because, like, when I'm having a, an episode or panic attack or whatever you want to call it, because. I'm still thinking about other things. Like I can't just fully immerse myself, but if you're thinking about something else while you're reading, you you're not getting anything. So you'll correct yourself really quickly. You'll be like, Oh wait, I was, I didn't get any of that paragraph because I was thinking about, you know, if he's going to text me back or not. And so reading is really great. Like just being away from a screen, not to mention how much we look at them every day. Like I'm not being preachy. I'm on my phone 24 seven. I realize that, but when shit gets bad, that's the first thing I need to, I need to get rid of. And just, like, lighting a candle and finding those little things that make you happy, like, I really like my Yankee Candle Pink Sands. Like, that shit smells so good. And when I light it and I just, like, sit there and breathe for a second, it just feels really good. And it's super simple and it's super easy and it costs $14. So, I mean, like, that's a really easy fix. Love that. But just, you know, little things. And I think it, having... Anxiety and having to find your way through that will really put things in perspective and teach you that the little things are the big things. Because I can be having the worst day of my life, and if I just sit there with my cat and light a candle and read a book, like it can really, it can really help. You know, those are things I love, and they make me happy. And even in the darkest times, like they'll cheer you up, even if it's only a little bit. So find those things, write them down. I have a note that I wrote stuck on my wall. So if I'm ever anxious, I can like look at that list and be like, okay, which of these things do I want to do? Do I want to take a bath with a bath bomb that has CBD oil in it, you know, or do I want to read a book or do I want a journal or do I want to, you know, play guitar and learn a new song? Do I want to do any of those things? And I just pick one and go with it. And sometimes when you're super anxious, like nothing sounds good. Like nothing sounds fun. And that's, that's really real. And you're just like, everything's pointless. Why am I doing this? But just like, try. Just pick one. Just like literally close your eyes, point to one and do that and just see what happens. Like you owe it to yourself to just try. And if it doesn't fix it and you're still anxious, like that's fine. Your body's feeling something, you're feeling something, you're going through something, but sitting in it and not trying even just a little bit, that doesn't help anybody. That doesn't help you move forward. And I think a lot of anxiety is about feeling trapped. And so if you're literally just sitting there, you're, you're going to feel trapped because you're not moving forward or doing anything else. And in that book that I just finished called, you should talk to someone. It's so good. (laughs) There's a metaphor that her therapist tells her about. He brings up this cartoon that he saw one time where there's this guy behind these prison bars and he's holding onto them and he's looking out and he wants to get out of there. And then it zooms out in the next one. And It's just a wall like he could just walk around the wall, but he's more afraid of moving forward than he is of being trapped. And that is not a real thing. Like moving forward is always going to be good for you. Sometimes you have to leave things behind. Sometimes you have to leave bad people behind or leave, you know, bad habits behind. But most of our like there's that line in the Taylor Swift song of folklore where it's like, all of my cages were mental. I got wasted like all my potential, and I love that line so much because it—it's true. A lot of our cages are made mental, and a lot of them are made up. So, learn when to recognize when you're imprisoning yourself. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope maybe it helped. I know that anxiety is at an all-time high for many people, and uh, I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope you try at least one thing to cheer you up next time you're feeling like that and uh thank you guys so much for listening my name is kaylee shore this is too much to say we got new episodes every wednesday and can't wait to see you next week
0: Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit livenation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: Asking the right
0: questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP.